Well, good morning. My name is Rob Perry. I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint, and uh, I am glad that you are here. I must say, boy, did you sound good on Joy to the World. You did. You like Christmas carols, don't you? Yeah, getting some head nods. Will you indulge me for a second? Hold on. Hey, Erica, it's Joel. Joel, Joel, come on back up. Come back out here. You can, I can do this with Joel. He can do impromptu. Um, yes, what I would like you to do, because you guys sounded great on Joy to the World. I would, like you, you to, I would like to do another Christmas carol. Let's do Santa Claus is Coming to Town. <laughs> Will you guys sing Santa Claus is Coming to Town? So spiritual. To it's so, yeah. So deep, I would like man. it in the key of E minor. Okay? E minor. E minor. Ooh, a dirge. Nice. Yeah. A Santa dirge. Can you do that? Um, you better watch out. Like that? You better yeah. not cry. We better not better do that. Not pout, I'm telling you. My clock is ticking. Santa Claus I'm having fun. is coming to town. All right. We're not done yet. Hold on. I would like to hear everyone. He's making a list. Go. All right, I, I would like you to do it in the key that everybody can okay. sing the words to Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Can you do that for me? All right, so I like a sing-along. Everybody sings. All right, here we go. Yeah. Everybody's ready, right? That's a good key. Come on okay. now. You. And the longer we do this, the shorter Rob Joel. has to preach, so I think they're all for this. You. You guys We're so close to the end. It. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you right. why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Thank you, Joel. Thank you. He sees you. Look at the time. That, you guys sounded great, but... Santa has a list? He's checking it twice? He knows who's naughty or nice? Maybe you believed that. Maybe some of you are still teaching your kids that. But isn't that weird that your good people get presents and bad people don't get presents, right? Here's the deal with that. Is a lot of times what we can do is carry over that idea into our view of God, into our relationship with God. And we kind of treat God like Saint Nick, that God is keeping this list. He's tallying things up. Here's all your good things, here's your bad things. And we are praying that our good outweighs our bad, right? Or I'm hoping that my good 
is better than your good, that I have a longer list than you. But at some point, we all get to that spot where we have a question, don't we? How does God feel about me? Where do I stand with God? That's a question that I want to look at in our time together today. And as we do that every week, we like to get a Bible in your hands. So if you do not have a Bible, just signal to the usher. They're coming down the aisles right now, and they have a Bible. If you forgot yours, just borrow this one. Or if you don't have one, take it and bring it home with you. We'd love for that to happen. But we are in, today is the third and final message in the series that we've been in called Fear Not. We've been looking at the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, through different, different instances. There are three appearances by an angel to three different people or groups with one common message, and that was do not be afraid or fear not. Why did the angel have to say that? Well, number one, I think it was scary. Whenever you see the heavenly host come down or the presence of God around, it just is awe-inspiring in a fear-filled moment. It's a common response that we see in Scripture. But also, the angel is not only present, but telling the people something. And so we've been looking at this. And the first week, the angel was telling Mary, you are going to have a son. And we dealt with this issue that there's this fear in when God is calling us to do something. We have a fear in what he's calling us to do. It's too big. I, I see no way. And so we looked at that, this fear of what God is calling us to do. And the last week, we looked at Joseph because the angel said, Mary, Mary. And he's dealing with that fear, and we looked at this fear that we can have, that if I do what God is telling me to do, then what are you going to think about me? And I just want to encourage you, if you missed any of those weeks, we got the video and the audio out on the website, definitely go and catch up and hear those. But today, we're going to talk about the shepherds and how they dealt with that fear of, where do I stand with God? Does he even like me? How does he feel towards me? Well, there are two people that told the majority of the Christmas story, and that is Matthew and Luke. And when we look at the shepherds, we only find that in Luke. And we get to these passages, and it's so easy. We can sit there and go, yeah, 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 I read this before. But I think the text that we're going to look at today could be so life-changing when it comes to this question about where do I stand with God. So let's get started. Where are we right now? Let's get caught up. Mary's had the baby. Jesus is in the, in the manger. Joseph is by their side. And the shepherds are outside of town on the fields. We actually read that that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now shepherds, were very interesting people. You really, um, like on career day back then, you probably didn't want to aspire to be a shepherd. That wasn't something you were going for. Have you ever been in a play for the Christmas story 
Who is saying, oh, I've got to be the shepherd? Nobody's doing that. It's like the worst part you could play. Nobody wants that role. The shepherds were hung around sheep. They ate with sheep. They slept with sheep. They played with sheep. They smelled like sheep. I, I want you to get the picture, all right? The, the people kind of, they were outcasts. The shepherds were very bizarre. And it's nighttime, nighttime for them that they, we, they were guarding their flocks. And nighttime, I want you to think, we live around a city, so kind of put yourself in a very rural area where it is dark and those stars pop because there's no city lights. Are you with me? Yeah, that's the kind of scene. And it's nighttime, so some of the shepherds have to be on security duty and some can go to sleep. Now, there's no posturepedic comfort out in the fields. Okay, so they're betting... There's um, a circle of oblong stones for each shepherd, and inside was uh, some bedding. And then there would be those beds all in a circle for all the shepherds. In the center of that circle, roots and sticks that they lit on fire. And so hopefully you get in the scene, the shepherds asleep, some of them standing up, and that fire just lighting up the hillside so they can keep watch on their flock. That's the scene as the angel comes to give this announcement. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. They weren't just scared, they were terrified. I got questions. I want details here. I mean, were they so terrified, did the sheep like drop their wool? You know, like when you get scared, you can lose hair. Did the shepherds kind of have an accident? Did they soil themselves? I want to know details. What was it like? Because shepherds weren't easily scared. They dealt with this all the time, but they are terrified. Why are they terrified? I can come up with a couple different reasons. Perhaps it was the surprise factor. If it was that dark and then all of a sudden lights come on, have you ever been dead and asleep and have the lights flicked on on you. I do this to my son a couple times during the week. When I do not hear him getting ready for school, then I go upstairs and I flip on the light switch and he pops up out of bed and he's like, huh? That's kind of the scene, if you will, right here. And I have good light bulbs. I don't buy the 350 lumens, I buy 700 lumens. So it is very bright. It went from dark to light because a lot, the Lord's glory lit up the sky. If you go to Revelation, it says in heaven, we will not need the sun or the moon because the Lord's glory will light up things. There is no lumen scale for the, the light that the Lord's glory was giving off. So perhaps they were afraid because of the sudden change from dark to light. Maybe it was the breaking news. This angel of God, somebody in authority, is coming with this big announcement in the middle of the night. News at the middle of the night is never good, is it? Your parents don't wake you up and say, I've got a present for you and it's 3.30 in the morning. Your boss doesn't call you at 2 a.m. and said, I wanted to let you know 
you have a raise waiting for you in the morning. News at night is not good, especially when it is sudden. They were terrified. But perhaps, maybe they were afraid because they got so comfortable hiding from God that now God's in their presence and they wonder, how does he feel about me? Where do I stand with him? And so the angel sees this terror and he goes to calm the shepherds. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The first thing the angel wants to do is calm the shepherds so that that message could be heard, that they would focus on that. And the angel says, that will bring you great joy. Don't good news and great joy tend to go together? If you're in college last week or the past month and your professor came in and said, there will be no final in today's class. Good news and great joy, right? Or you hear the check cleared. It arrived, right? Great news, great joy. Or medically, if you're trying to get pregnant, it's positive. That's good news. Or if you're dealing with cancer, it's negative. It's good news, great joy. Around this time of year, perhaps it is this person is or isn't coming to Christmas, right? <laughs> that could be good news and bring great joy for you. But good news and great joy seem to go together. And the angels are saying, catch this, you do not have to worry or fear or guess anymore because a Savior has been born for all people. Isn't it interesting who God chose to bring this birth announcement to first? He could have picked anybody, and I don't think it was by accident. He could have brought it to a king, to a politician, to a rabbi of the day, but he chose the shepherds. They were outcasts. They were the lowest in society. They were poor. Nobody expected, nobody in royalty would ever go and break news to the shepherds. They just weren't good enough. And like religiously, spiritually, they were told, you're rejected. Because their profession, they could not, shepherds could not keep all the rules or live up to the rules that the religion of the day was telling them to do. And so they were told, or it was known, you're not welcome here. You just don't measure up. That's what they heard. And so most of the shepherds walked around with that question, how does God feel about me? Where do I stand with God? And maybe you have the same thought. Maybe you feel that distance between you and God and you wonder, how does he feel about me? Because some of us feel unworthy. We feel like we aren't good enough. 
We know that we have a naughty list. We know that all we have to do, or we think this, we just got to fix ourselves and then God will give me some attention. And so you come and do the church thing, but while you're here, you're thinking of what was done maybe last year, two years ago, last month or this month, and you feel unworthy. And when you feel unworthy, there is absolutely no peace with respect to this question of where I stand with God. There's this unrest. Some of us feel inadequate. We feel like we just don't measure up. I mean, this season, it's really easy to feel this way. I know I have felt that. I've felt this way because I started my shopping and ended my shopping on Friday. I did it all in one day. But I remember after Thanksgiving, just not feeling good about myself because I'm talking to people and they say, well, I finished my Christmas shopping on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And we also put up the lights, the tree, the lights in the house, the lights on the house. We put speakers on the front lawn. And this year we added the FM signal so the drive-bys could hear it. And we put cookies, fresh baked cookies on the front yard. And I'm like, oh, but this idea of looking around and not feeling like we measure up, it's so easy to do, especially spiritually, when we start to look at people and go, they have a verse for like every occasion. And they don't even have to go to the table of contents to find out what page it's on. And their prayers, they're just so powerful. Maybe someday I'll get there and when I do, I know God will be happy with me then. But until then, I don't deserve God's peace. Maybe it isn't that we don't feel unworthy or inadequate. We feel unloved. If other people don't like me, why should God like me? Maybe you had somebody leave you, they just, whether it's a parent or a spouse they said, I don't love you, and you tried your hardest to change that around. You did everything you could, and it didn't change the outcome. And now you start to think, something must be wrong with me. If they didn't want me, why would God? If you have ever felt like the shepherds have felt, then I want you to hear what they hear. A baby has been born who is the Savior, the Christ, the Lord, and it, it is good news for all. Not just for the rich, but for all. Not just for the old, but for, the, for all. Not just for the Jewish people, for all people. Rich, poor, young, old, white, black, for all people, even shepherds like you and even us hear that. This announcement was so big and so important. We read, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. When you read armies of heaven, think of trying to count the grains of sand on the beach. Not possible. Praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. 
these angels turn up the volume on the message that the angel just delivered, that this is great news. This is news you're going to be excited about because those who believe in this child, he will bring peace between you and God. And then in that moment, the hymn ceases and the light fades to darkness and the angels slip away and the shepherds are on the fields pondering what just happened. And if you read it, you get this sense that they wanted to stay, but they had to go to see if this was true. Luke doesn't give us many details. Again, I want details. Who went? How did they decide who went? Did they take the sheep with them? How did they know where to go? We've got Siri, right? You can't say, Siri, take me to the manger. They didn't have this stuff. We don't know what transpired. But what we do know is that they may not have found what they expected, but they found exactly what they had been told. And that is a savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, was in that manger. And look at their response. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Compare their response to what the angels were doing before. They are doing exactly the same thing. They are giving praise and glory to God. Why? Because for their whole life, they had been told God loves people who do good things. And oh, by the way, here's a definition of good. 613 laws. Do these things. And by the way, don't do these things. And if you do that, you will prove your worth to God. This is what they've heard all their life. And maybe if you do that, then God will accept you. That, my friend, is called religion. And religion didn't work for the shepherds. It doesn't work for us either. Religion never gives peace to anyone. And that's what I want to finish in our, in our time remaining. I want to answer the question, how does good news bring great joy and peace with God? How is it? And I think Paul answers this beautifully. If you remember, Paul is one who persecuted the Christians, and then all of a sudden he became one. And he wrote a letter to the Christians in Rome who were dealing with this. And the first thing that he wants to get across to them is the good news is you cannot do enough good to be good. You cannot do enough good to be good. But Paul says it this way, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. We don't get right with God by what we do, is what he's saying. And the religion of their day, the Pharisees, some of you are familiar with them, the Pharisees of the day, were, they felt the more good I do, the more God will like me. And just trust me on this. The Pharisees were really, really good at trying to keep those rules. And Paul is saying that is a losing battle. Because how much good is good enough? 
Where's the end on that? Oh, so if you define it here, is some of the bad okay? It's a losing battle. The good news is that you cannot do enough to be good enough. The system of rules just points out we need a new system. And so Paul goes on. Here's the good news. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. It isn't about trying harder. It isn't about fairness. It isn't about goodness. It isn't about your naughty list, your nice list. It is about grace and mercy and forgiveness, which the Savior brings. Paul couldn't be any more clear. He says, we are made right with God by placing our what? Faith. In who? Us? No, Christ. It is in Christ. The good news is that there is peace with God through faith in Jesus. There is peace. We can know. We can have that assurance, that peace knowing we're right with God through our faith in Jesus Christ. You and I cannot earn God's love. God makes us right. The only thing he calls us to do is to place our faith, to put our trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, our Messiah, our Lord. And I love how Paul says this because he says, And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Kind of rings a bell. Because the angels said that as well. The angels said it. We bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Same message. This is something to get excited about because no longer do we have to guess about where we stand with God. No longer do we have to fear what he feels for us. He doesn't give us what we deserve. He offers us a savior. And no longer is it about how much good am I doing. It's not about a system or rules. It's about placing your faith in Jesus Christ. It's what he has done. And that brings peace. It's what this church is all about connecting people with God through Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, you can have that assurance. You can know you do not have to guess. It's right here, peace with God by what he's done for you. Maybe some of you have done that as we've even been talking. Lord, I believe that your son is the way for me to be right with you. Come down. There'll be people down here. We would love to celebrate or pray with you. And some of you are are already his. You're in a relationship with him. I just maybe throw out a challenge. Pray that God makes you amazed once again about what he's done in Jesus Christ. Not what you do, but what he's done. And may that stir you to live differently, and do what the shepherds did. If you read the rest of the story, they went out and told everybody that there's good news, that there's peace with God, even for us shepherds. 
faith in God. This is good news. May it move you to live differently and go and share that news with others. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you so much that uh, it is not about, oh, it's not about what we do. There is that fear. Even as a Christ follower, we can question, are we okay? And your word shows how we are. And that is because of the great gift, the Christmas story. And I pray that we are once again amazed by what you've done and, and thankful for it. Lord, may we not live in fear, that, uh, but we live in the peace that comes knowing that we are right with you. And it's in your son's name I pray. Amen.